This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. We're coming off a bye week and headed into the Indiana game. But first, we got to talk about some big news out of Husker land. Maurice Washington, what's the status of Maurice? Scott Frost says he's not really part of the team, not in the plans for the near future. So what is going on here, Derek? Uh, sounds like he's off the team to me, boys. I, I don't know. Uh, Frost is dancing around it like he does an injury. So heaven only knows. But if he hasn't practiced last week, he isn't practicing this week, and Scott Frost doesn't even really know for sure if he's involved in classes right now, sounds to me like he's not on the team. Tyler, what impact does that have on this Husker offense? Oh, man, I think it's a huge impact. I mean, we've talked about this at length, about how he is arguably, if not undoubtedly, the best running back we got. I mean, we don't have much offensive production, guys. We don't have a plethora of guys that are contributors at this point. Um, you know, I, I think this is high. It's it's funny, though. You know, we went to the beginning of the season, and we said, who is, like, the guy that you think the Huskers can't afford to lose the most? And I think everyone thought Adrian Martinez. Man... Right now, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is first or second. I think the first is Wandale. Number two is this young individual. Uh, Maurice Washington has been a huge part of this team. You agreed, Derek. Well, well, absolutely. You know, I, we've sat here and talked about the struggles of this offense. Well, there's three games that Nebraska's played well in where our offense has moved the ball well. In all three of those games, Maurice Washington's had big games. You know, in Colorado, he had 195 yards uh, between rushing and receiving. Northern Illinois had 81 yards, and Illinois had 89 yards. And all three of those games, our offense was humming well. Uh, you know, outside of those three games, when he's not touching the ball, against South Alabama, where they played half a game, he only got 52 yards. Uh, Ohio State only had 19 yards. Northwestern only played half that game after his another suspension. Uh, he had negative one total yards. Uh, in Minnesota, where the whole offense was pretty much inept, he had 25 total yards. And – I, I just – it seems to me that the offense goes more with him than it does Adrian at this point. So I think it's a huge loss for this offense if, if, we, if we don't – if well, obviously we're not going to get him back, at least for the rest of this year. I can't, I can't imagine. So, Tyler, Maurice Washington has really been a huge distraction uh, throughout the offseason, and it seems like this year, you know, with the suspensions uh, that he's had. And, you know, Scott Frost, when he was asked about – uh, whether it was a suspension and he kind of snaps back and he says, those are your words, not mine. And uh, as a little Bo Pelini ish there, I thought for, uh, for Scott Frost to respond that way, but you know what? It, it sounded like he was just kind of turned off on the whole Maurice Washington. Do you think getting rid of Maurice Washington is a good thing? Well, yeah, that, that's a great question. I think it can go a couple different ways. You know, let's talk about on the field. We've already talked about this guy is a huge playmaker. You know, if I was going to talk about um, a positive, you look at a guy like Diedrich Mills, who's more of a power back, who I think has played better since the really slow start. 
Maybe that he gets a few more carries. Maybe he wears a little bit more on a defense. Maybe that changes up the game plan a little bit. And now that you can scheme for him, I think the intangible stuff. I think undoubtedly it can't. It's going to help the team. I mean, you know, we saw it last year when we got rid of some of these guys that weren't on the Scott Frost, you know, bus. That's when we really turned a corner. And I don't know how many of those guys aren't on the plan. Clearly, this young individual was not on the plan. So I, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a boost to that locker room. But man, he he's a big playmaker. Derek, anything else to add on Maurice Washington, or should we move on? Uh, you know, I, here, here's my thing. This is the whole thing I, don't, I can't seem to figure out, is what happened between last year and this year. Last year, he seemed like a clean-cut guy that was going to be a star. And then from the beginning of this year, the, the problems in California and, uh, you know, the marijuana problems in the summer, it, it's just like all of a sudden he's like Lawrence Phillips 2.0. Yeah. You know, you know the guy. The guy went from a guy that you really thought was going to be a good player to just this dirtbag who we're all sitting here going, "Yeah, maybe we're better off without him." Yeah. And I, I hate to think that because that kid's a great athlete, and yet, and I hate to see him leave as far as his athletic ability goes. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, Scott Frost said he was on a short short lease from the start of the year, and you've done nothing but screw around and screw around. It sounds like he's missing classes and missing weight training and all sorts of other pr- problems that he's having, what, whatever they may be, uh, you know, you all you had to do was follow the rules. That's all you had to do. Yeah. But Oregon State will really love him there. So uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the season so far. Uh, Aaron Sorensen was on last week. So if you guys have not listened to – uh, the interview with uh, Aaron Sorensen. Go back to episode 147. Derek and Tyler, they had a great time interviewing her. Uh, we, that's something that we want to do in the bye week is talk about the first half of the year. Uh, so let's talk about the first seven games of the year. Uh, what are your overall thoughts there, Tyler? I mean, you know, I, I, have you guys ever been kicked in the nuts? <laughs> Every Saturday this year. Yeah, because that's what I feel like right now. I mean, I, it's just, it's depressing. I mean, Scott Frost was supposed to come in and be our savior, and he's supposed to be the guy that take it over. And they're, they're, the most pessimistic fan expectations were not met. I mean, I, I think that when you look at this first half of the season, no one thought we'd be going into this by week four and three. Uh, you know, you, you really want to get that Colorado game back right now because – you know, that, that changes a little bit right there if we don't blow that fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think right now, you know, through seven games, I, I am beginning to question the overall course of this program. That's what that the first seven games did to me. Derek, are you that gloom? No. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one man's expectations he needed to meet this year, and that was uh, Bill Moose's, and he's still on pace to do that. So... It's all right. <laughs> just just that six wins, right? That's all That's all he needs, huh? I mean, yeah. go ahead. I, I was going to say, so Aaron talked about this last week. And, you know, one of the things, the worst thing that could happen to the Husker Nation, she said, I don't know if this was on the podcast or, you know, we talked to her a little bit before or after, but she talked about apathy. You know, how, how the worst thing could happen is if the Husker Nation becomes apathetic 
and expectations drop and you know what all the excitement drops and guys i gotta be honest with you it's it's trending there now saturday could change it all we could i could be coming back on next week say how about them huskers you know we're five wins and we gotta win we we need we need a game like that uh now we are four and three this year but doesn't it feel like we're worse than four and three I mean, do you get that feeling? I mean, we have a winning record right now, but it's it doesn't feel like we're a four and three team. It just feels like we've been getting our asses kicked all year long for some reason. It feels like we are worse than last year's team. I mean, at the end of the year, we had a little bit of a momentum going on and stuff, and we felt like the direction we were headed in the right direction. It, to me, it it does it doesn't feel like that right now. Uh, you kind of touched on that a little bit, Tyler. Where you. You know, you, you kind of think the same way. It It's hard to think that we're headed in the right direction, but we need this damn win against Indiana. Big win. Derek, you're making all kinds of faces over there. What's up, man? I, I just don't share the sentiment with you guys. I, I still think it's year two. I think we st- he still needs more time. You guys are right. This year has been disappointing. It has been a kick in the balls. I don't think any of us, obviously none of us anticipated being four and three. I expected us to be six and one at this point in the season. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. This is, a, this is a disastrous season as far as that goes. But I also understood, too, that my expectations for Scott Frost in year two were damn near impossible to meet. So, Well, I think what we've realized, though, and I agree, and Derek, you're maybe right. Maybe this is all expectations thing, but it's not even worth four and three. Like, I could live with a four and three. What's hard to stomach is two games against conference opponents that we are non-competitive. And, and that's the thing that you, right now, man, if we had lost Ohio State by a touchdown or two touchdowns and we lost by a field goal to Minnesota, we're sitting here right now saying, yeah, this is disappointing, but I'm not thinking that this team, I mean, I is is miles away. Right now, I feel like we're just, we're not close. I'll give you the Minnesota game. That That was the biggest kick in the balls. Of the whole season so far. I mean, it, it looked disastrous. Ohio State, they're doing that to everybody. I, I'm not even... That game's in the trash to me. I don't care. They've kicked everybody's ass. They're averaging winning by 42 points. So, I mean, Ohio State's just good. Yeah. So, I, I'm not I'm not reading too much into the Ohio State game because I think we are miles away from them. But we're not miles away from Minnesota. And, and to lose like we did against Minnesota... I'll agree with you. That was the biggest kick in the balls to me. Wow, we got a lot of ball kicking so far in this episode. I think we've met our <laughs> quota of getting kicked in the balls here. Uh, let, let's move on. Let's let's think happier thoughts here. Let's get a little bit more positive. So as we head into the final five games of the season, uh, what are your thoughts headed down the road, Tyler? Well, you wanted to go happy. Uh Wow, wow, that's an interesting... Okay, let me think positive. I I think you look at the second half of this schedule, and with the exception of maybe Wisconsin, there there's no one I'm sitting there thinking that we couldn't beat. Um, you know, I, I think Indiana could be had, Purdue could be had, Maryland definitely can be, and Iowa doesn't have an offense. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't see them scoring 20 points on us. Like, they have no offense. So, you know, anyone could be had... The reality is, I don't know if they can be had by the Huskers. 
<laughs> like, I mean, like, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, and so that that's the question is it's Frost did it year one, guys. He he did it year one. He had a great second half. That I will tell you, the team that played against Minnesota will not make a bowl. If that team shows up for the next five games, we will not make a bowl. Derek. Oh, that's fair. We're not going to win a game if that team that shows up against Minnesota plays for the rest of the year. Uh, I will say I disagree with you on the Wisconsin thing. Look, if Illinois can beat Wisconsin, you can't tell me that there's not a chance in hell that Nebraska could beat them. It's, it's possible. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying I'm predicting Nebraska to beat them. But if Illinois can beat Wisconsin, Nebraska can beat Wisconsin. I'm Again, I, I, but I, I, think, I don't think we can beat Iowa. I don't think we can beat Wisconsin most likely. But don't say it's not a beatable game if Illinois can do it. Yeah, well, I disagree with you there. I mean, I, but you know what? No, I won't. Yeah, because we're, we're thinking happy thoughts here, right? Every game is winnable from here on out. Every game well, is well, winnable. Why is it that Illinois can beat them and you don't think that they're beatable now? Northwestern almost beat them and, and we looked at it as, oh, they were just looking past those guys. Hey, I, I, I really think that Wisconsin was just looking past Illinois, headed into Ohio State. We I sit here that's... week in and week out and talk about how Wisconsin does not do that. That's why Wisconsin is Wisconsin, because they don't make stupid mistakes yeah. like looking past other it teams. Happened. So it I happened. don't buy that. I think, I think Illinois kicked him in the tooth and knocked out the two front teeth, and they didn't know how to react. Well, I, and we talked about this after our Illinois game. Illinois is a physical team. I mean, Illinois is a. I mean, they 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 punched us in the mouth a lot in that game, and you know, obviously we won. But I, I guess where my thing is is what I know about Wisconsin at this point in the season is they own the state of Wisconsin, uh, Michigan. I mean, you want? I mean, it, it's 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 Wisconsin Junior. I mean, what they did to Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, they own that state. You know what state owns Wisconsin is Illinois, because Northwestern Illinois both did. I don't know much else about Wisconsin except those two facts. So we'll probably learn a little bit more against Ohio State Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still think Wisconsin is too physical for us. I think that their their defense is just going to absolutely stop, stop our offense. I, I, I don't even want to watch that offensive line. I feel sorry for those kids having to go against Wisconsin. So, Tyler, are there any personnel changes that you would like to see moving forward? Yeah, God, you know that's a tough one. I, I, I think I, I don't want to see a massive change at offensive line. I, I just think you have got to start getting some snaps to other guys, uh, whether it be two or three series a game, and then allow the coaches to evaluate. And it, it, if those two or three series a guy does well, then or better, then you give him four or five. I, I just, I, I don't see anything clear from that offensive line standpoint that's a clear change outside of that i i you look at the offensive side i don't have a clue who else you play because we haven't played anyone so i mean i'm not sitting here thinking well mcquitty's the answer i'll tell you that because i've never seen the kid play i mean so i i think i think it's just going to start with getting some of this offensive line that's where it's got to start that's the weak link um, I think you've got to start getting some series in for some of those younger kids. Derek? I'll agree and disagree with you all at the same time, Tyler. You're right. The offensive line needs to be fixed. And you're right. If And quite frankly, if they move things around, it looks better. They need to keep it that way and 
do away with whatever's hurting that offensive line. But as far as the guy that needs to come in and have a more role, Cade Warner. Like, the guy's healthy now. Get Noah, get Noah out of there, my preseason second best wide receiver. Bench his ass and put Cade Warner in there, who we know can catch the ball. We know he runs crisp routes. We've seen him do it. We've seen him do it against Minnesota when, granted, it was in the second half when he probably should have been in there for the whole for full game. And, I mean, he turned, okay. he, you know, the offense kind of turned around last year when we put him in. So let's get him in there and see if we can turn this offense around again. And he's great blocking, too. I mean, that's, that's what True. really got him on there. And, you know, he had the comments this week that, you know, they need to get better at blocking on the perimeter. And that's what he excelled at last year. So maybe that this is his time to get on the field. And if, if that perimeter blocking, like as what he says, if that's the key to, uh, you know, running the ball on the outside, you know, we, we miss this aspect of Maurice Washington, what he did really well, him not playing, is – he was the only guy that could run to the outside effectively and make our offensive line look good. I mean, we don't have another running back on the roster right now that we've seen that, that can do that. So, uh, you know, if you get those receivers out there blocking on the perimeter like what Cade Warner does well, it's going to make some of these other running backs look a little bit better. Uh, what about Eric Lee, guys? Eric Lee, he, was, uh, he had a little stretch there uh, a few games ago where he was the star, you know, like two games in a row, but there's no Eric Lee anymore. Do we need to see more Eric Lee on defense? No. Oh my God. <laughs> I, the cr- swing the crowd and a goes Swing and a miss. Look, look I, I know where you're coming from. I especially after that South Alabama game where he came in and had two interceptions in the game and look, just looked phenomenal. In Colorado, he came in and looked pretty decent. Uh, Justin, you're not all wrong. I just don't know who you take out to to replace him with because I still think Cam Taylor is probably your best safety we got, even though he's a freshman. Uh, maybe you take Mar- Markel Dismuke out and put Eric Lee and him and Cam in. I like. I think Dismuke's uh, played well. I I think Eric Lee's good in pass protection. I I don't know. I'm not convinced he can get up in the box. You might see him more against Indiana. Because Indiana likes to throw the ball more against Purdue, but you put him against Wisconsin, I have no faith in that guy going up there and making a tackle. Really, that bad, huh? I mean, do you? Okay, okay. Ray, Cam Taylor, Britt, Dismuke, Eric Lee. Who do you put your life on? Is going to make the tackle? That, that's tough, right there. You, you, you okay, see, who's third? Who's third in that list? I, you know what? I, I'm not as hard on uh, Eric Lee as you guys are. I mean, I thought he's re- he's had a really good senior year when they've used him. I mean, I think that he can at least get in that rotation. He, he deserves to be in that rotation a little bit more. You don't see him on the field a lot. That's fair. I, I, I think you should see. I mean, I think with the secondary, if you want to go that thing, I mean, the question is, I think we're about to hit there, is do you play a guy like Eric Lee or do you play one of those high prospects that you have back there? Well, yeah, we're we're going to get and into I'm that not, here. I'm in not going to bury the lead. So I think that that's a good question for the coaches. I mean, what 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 is the better move if you have to put a six guy out there? Um, yeah. So, so all right, well, let's talk about these newcomers. Let's let's start with the defense. What new what newcomer do you think could add that little spark on defense moving forward? Go ahead, take it, Tyler. 
you know, there's a bunch of guys that I can name, and and I'm not gonna do what I would like to do and name four or five guys. So I will circle back around if you guys don't um, name any of the guys. But the guy I I put number one is Noah Pola Gates, and and I I do think our secondary has been good. I'll tell you what I don't like about our secondary is that we've been using JoJo Doman as a nickelback. And I think the the use of him as a nickelback, I would much rather see him play more outside linebacker. And if you need to go, I think he is probably our best outside backer. So I would rather see a guy like Noah Polagates come in the game and you maybe are sitting uh, Caleb Tanner or Alex Davis and have that line up a little bit more. Um, because I think that he is a special athlete. He was a high recruit. That that's that would be the guy I have number one on my list. Derek, who's uh, your list? Who's on your list for newcomer to defense to create a spark? Rick Flair Jr. Man, Garrett Nelson. Yeah, get get Alex Davis. Put his ass on the bench. He is nothing. He's good for nothing but pressuring a quarterback a little bit. He can't tackle back there. He gets in the backfield and he raises a little bit of ruckus, but he can't. He just can't seem to get back there fast enough to really tackle. Let's see what this kid can do. I mean, at this point, they've already talked about playing him more. So why not just get him in there and throw him to the wolves? Just get him in there and play and let him run free because that guy is. I, he looks like he's going to be exciting. Yeah. He looks like he's motivated. He looks like he wants to kill everybody on the field. I know that's not politically correct, but I'd be a little feared for my life if that guy was chasing me. Yeah, Eric Shenander, he talked about him at length today in his presser, you know, brought brought his name up. Uh, you know, what happened to Alex Davis? This is a guy that was turning heads in uh, fall camp, and we were like, wow, Alex Davis is going to have a great year. And I, you're right, Derek, we haven't seen it at all. But hasn't it been the story of his career? Yeah. Like, even last year, they were like, that's the first guy you need to bring off the bus every week because that guy's just jacked, and he's huge, and he looks scary, and he just he's the guy you want coming off the bus first just to intimidate other teams. But he's never panned out as a player. Like, he looks big, he looks strong, but he's never panned out as a player. He's, he's Since he's been here, he's kind of been all hype and no play. All right, well, get ready for my newcomer to defense uh, moving forward. Uh, you guys know my affinity for walk-on linebackers, right? So I got to keep it going here. Tyler's already rolling his eyes, shaking his head, but it's Luke Reimers. Hey, we need some help there in the linebacking, linebacking core. I mean, I think Luke Reimers, I think he can come in and do an equal job. Our linebackers are not tearing it up at all right what what would it hurt it's not gonna hurt anything to put him out there to see what he can do i mean i mean will is will honus and colin miller are they that great that you can't afford to let them sit on the sideline for a little bit give luke reimers a chance for for that fact has mo berry been that effective this year that is very fair not not trying to trash on the guy but i mean even he hasn't really been as effective as we all thought he was gonna be yeah he uh, he he might have uh, wanted to go pro last year instead of this year. I think his draft stock's taking a huge hit this year, isn't it? Seems like it. All right, Tyler. So get after me for the Luke Reimers pick. I I just I think that you're you're talking about Luke Reimers. I think you're missing another inside backer that could be a bigger 
impact in Nick Henrich. He's um, out. He they, he's... that they they are talking about him today. They, they talked about he's not going to be ready this week, but you might see him down the stretch. Um, I I try I don't know the exact quote, but his name come up as a guy that you might see. I I, I what like by I, the time for Iowa comes, I mean he's he, he can't contribute yet. I I I well. Not to this week. He's not going to contribute against Indiana. The question is the rest of the year. And, and I will tell you, maybe Luke Reimers is a great player, but man, I I find it hard to believe he's going to give us a spark that we haven't seen from our inside backers. Um, I like Gar- uh, uh, Derek Pick of Garrett Nelson. He was my number two. Um, another name that I, I just I, I wanted to quickly say. I mean, there's a lot of talk about our freshmen, um, newcomers coming at defensive line. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of Jakeem Green. I mean, I think, you know, with all the talk for him and, you know, he's a little bit bigger guy. If you're going to relieve some of this defensive lineman, I, he's a name I wouldn't mind seeing um, continue to maybe play a little bit more. I, I He's going to be ha- stand up a little bit more to this Big Ten defenses that or offensive lines we're about to face. Um, he, he was another name I wouldn't mind seeing being a contributor. But Derek's, that, that, he was my 1B. The woo! <laughs> you, you know, you talk about the defensive line. There's a couple other names in there, and I know one of them was brought up today. And Ty Robinson, I'd like to see him maybe get some snaps in there. And uh, Casey Rogers, another one that they had talked about previously about how good he had been doing. So if we're going to see some guys play on on the defensive line, those are two I'd like to see. Maybe even more than Jakeem Green myself. See, my, but my problem with those is, it's, it's you're kind of reading between the lines because it's hard to really figure it out. But I mean, if you you look at the um, you know defense right now, I mean, is so we have our top six. I mean, those are guys are really well known. You know, now you're going down to seven, eight, nine. I think that's where the defensive line gets a little curious. Are you going to play a Ty Robinson, a really great prospect, and blow his red shirt? You know, in the final five games. I mean, I I, I have more upside for him than Green. And I think Green's more ready to play today. Well, I'd, I'd still get him in four games if I could. All right, well, let's move to the offensive side of the ball. What newcomer What newcomer do you think could provide a spark on the offense moving forward, Derek? Uh, I, I don't know if he will, but he, I think he's going to have to. Is Ramirez Johnson. And screw his red shirt, get him in, because we've got no running backs at this point. And I don't know what you think you're saving him for. Uh you could talk about Wyatt Missouri, the spring game hero of every year since 1978. But at the end of the day, <laughs> he he doesn't play well in games. It doesn't appear. I, we've seen him in a few games, and he never does anything to impress me. We need some running backs. We need some running backs to start doing something impressive. They they claim that Ramirez Johnson's almost as fast as as Maurice Washington. So get his speed out there and get him going. And you're just going to have to rely on him with Dedrick Mills for the rest of the year, I think. Tyler, not, not a bad pick. I, I disagree with your Wyatt Missouri se- uh, assessment, but I think he could be a contributor. Um, guys, I think the worst position outside of offensive line has been our wide receiver core. We have been a two-man race with Wandell Robinson and J.D. Spielman. Darian Chase is a guy I would like to see more of. The guy is athletic. Uh the, the reps he's taken that I've been able to identify him, he looks like he can block. Um, 
I I think you need a spark there without, um, you know, without Wandell Robinson at wide receiver, and whenever he gets back, you you know he's going to have to play more running back now without Marie, uh, Maurice Washington. I I think Darian Chase is a guy I could see stepping up and maybe being a contributor down the stretch, and his redshirt I believe has already been blown. So let I mean let's let's play him and see what happens. Darian Chat. Chase was also my pick. I mean, we, we need help there at wide receiver. We're not as deep as what the staff led us to believe at the beginning of the year. Big shocker. Uh, but we just need to get some good-sized bodies out there. And he, he has pretty good size uh, to play on the outside. Hey, can we count Barrett Pickering? In this exercise here as a, a newcomer and on offense, offense, I don't or care. That's points on the board, man. I well, mean, can so we get you, this so, guy healthy? So today, they, they said they're not sure if he's ready to take the workload. And I just went like, he's a kicker! <laughs> okay. <laughs> what the hell workload is it as a kicker? Like, can you kick the ball? Yes. It's a, it's a new generation, You can handle the workload. Tyler. Yep, you can handle the workload. Like, I mean... Well, if Barrett Picker needs to make a tackle, we're in trouble. Like, I mean, well, they've they've already announced that he will that he will not be doing kickoffs, and that's uh, fine. But but if you can get him in for some field goals, so be it. Let's get him in because obviously that's been a problem all year. So, how many points have we left off the board not being able to have a kicker? I mean, between blocks, misses, and just not balls enough to go for. A field goal, you know, because you have no faith. I mean, it's been a lot of points. I I don't even know if it, there's been if it would have made a it, big difference in any game, the outcomes of the games. But it's it's that's tough to say because I don't I don't know how many he would have had blocked. I mean, you like to think that he wouldn't have had any blocked, but who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Tyler, so five games left. Is there any reason to burn a red shirt on a player that? Uh, we haven't burned already, or is that Jeopardy? I mean, if so, who? Well, I, uh, Ramir Johnson's a great pick from Derek. I, I don't see Bryce Brenhart being a guy that I would blow his red shirt. I know there's been talk about him. Ramir Johnson's really the only guy, and I think if that's if Wyatt Missouri can't contribute, he's the only guy I see. It. And, and the main reason is, guys, we're playing for a bowl right now. I mean... Yeah. It, I, I don't want to see us leave, like, everything, you know. I, I, I just I, – I don't want to see us blow the future, whatever future we may have right now, to go and play um, guys just to win – maybe get to seven wins. So I, I would not blow any red shirts with the exception of maybe Ramir Johnson because we may have to. Derek? I disagree, especially on offense. Offensively, we've struggled, to say the least. And I think anybody who can get in there and help turn this offense around and get get it moving again, screw a red shirt. You can, you can recruit. You've already recruited a lot of offensive tackles. So if Ben Hart makes that offensive line that much better, get his ass in there. There's no point in red shirting him for another year just to save him. There's, just no, there's no reason. You're playing for a yeah. You're right. You're playing for a bowl game, but you still need two wins to get to those bowl, get that bowl game, and there's no guarantee wins. We looked at it the other day, the other night, and the, the FPI has us uh, an underdog in every one of the games that we have left. So yeah, if you can get an advantage to help you get this offense moving, use them. I you got to use what you have. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, if bull eligibility is on the line and this guy has the potential to get you to that bull eligibility, you got to do it. You know, this team needs the practices. And you know what else? The fan base. The fan base, they need the bull game because we can't go three years without a bull game. I mean, as fans, I mean, it, it sucks, man. It sucks not having a, you know, a game to look forward to over Christmas break. It, it just does. Uh, so get that. You know, the team needs the practices. Scott Frost says, you know, it's nice sitting home with a family on Christmas, but he never wants to do it again. So it's, we just need it. Uh, so uh, before we move on to the Indiana preview, let's take a quick time out to hear from another great Big Heads Media podcast. It's Audra, Jason, and Matt from Drinkopedia Podcast. We're a bad education podcast that's like drunk history for the full curriculum. We have new episodes every Thursday, and you can find us on most major podcast platforms. Join us at the bar and follow us on Twitter at Drinkopedia Pod. Welcome back. Uh, let's take a look at this Indiana team. The Hoosiers will bring a 5-2 record to Lincoln as they come off the heels of beating Maryland 34-28 last week uh, in a game where they lost... Penix, their starting quarterback, but Peyton Ramsey came in and filled in nicely. You know, he was the starter last year. Derek, what what, what is it about this Indiana team? You know, I, I honestly, I have not watched enough of them to know too much about them. What I do know is uh, their depth chart still has Michael Penix as their starting uh, quarterback this week. So I don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be yet. Uh, they have a Scotty, Stevie Scott, I'm sorry. Stevie Scott. Uh, damn good running back, guys. He's got over 500 yards rushing already, six touchdowns. He's averaging 5.2 yards a carry. Uh, their defense is looking much improved uh, as a whole compared to what you think of an Indiana team. Uh, right, right now they look like a decent team from everything I can tell. Yeah, you know, they've uh... – have over 500 yards total offense the last two games. Of course, it was against Ruggers and Maryland. But, uh, yeah, they're they're putting up some yards. Tyler, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to get a read on this Indiana team. I mean, you know, gun to my head, what's their best victory of the season? I, I don't know what I would tell you. I mean, Eastern Illinois, I mean... I, I, I mean, their their wins haven't been overly impressive. Last week, they played against a Maryland team that just got steamrolled against Purdue. And they eked out a victory, uh, you know. And, and you know, a couple weeks ago they beat Rutgers by a lot, but hell, you know that that doesn't tell you much where Rutgers is at. Uh, I, I I just don't know what the beat of this. But statistically, you know, Derek, you're right. I mean, this team is a lot better. This defense is really well. Um, you know, I think the probably the most impressive thing about them is how they've done at defending the pass. I mean, they are ninth in the country in passing defense. Uh, I mean, they have done a really nice job shutting teams down through the air. Um, you know, without Maurice Washington, uh, you know, there might be a more of a need to throw the ball this week in Lincoln. So, you know, that gives me a little worry. I I just think at the end of the day, I this is going to be a tough matchup for the Huskers. I, hey, I mean, it, it's sad we're here, but this is a tough matchup for the Huskers. Hey, I will say that Michigan State game, I know the score doesn't reflect it, but... With two minutes left, that was a tied game. 
31-31. And then Michigan State, they go up to kick a field goal late in the game, like five seconds. And then uh, when Indiana got the ball, they fumbled Michigan State. They ran it back for a touchdown. So that score does not reflect on how competitive Indiana was against Michigan State. They almost pulled off the upset. I mean, it it was close, down to the wire. Uh, The thing about Indiana to me is their defense. Uh, Their defense scares the hell out of me because Nebraska, they don't do well against good defenses. We do not score a lot of points. We can score points against really weak offenses or defenses, but not good defenses. And that's, that's the part that scares me. Derek. Well, you talk about that. And I, here's the thing. Are, is their scoring defense really that good? Like they're only giving up 20.7 yards or uh, points per game, which looks really good, but Look what they've given up. They've given up 40 points to Michigan State, whose offense is atrocious. And I know you talked about that a little bit ago. Uh, they gave up 28 points to Maryland, whose, uh, whose offense has sputtered completely since the first two games. They gave up 24 points to Ball State and 51 points to Ohio State. The only reason their average is low is because of Eastern Illinois, Rutgers, and UConn, which they gave up a total of three points in those three games. So that really helped their average out. But it's not like teams aren't scoring against these guys. What what about the yards? I mean, they're they're not allowing a lot of yards either. Well, I mean, I think you could go. I mean, the argument would be the same for that. I mean, their their stats have been helped by the three games they won. But got, but Derek here's my concern. Justin pointed this out. We haven't scored twenty points in a month. I mean, it's been a whole month since Illinois when we scored twenty points last. I mean, we barely hit 20 points in all the games combined. I know those are good. I think all three of those defenses are better. So I think I think we'll have a chance to beat the 20-point mark this weekend. But, man, I, I'll i tell you this. If Nebraska's going to win this game, they're picking out the alternate uniforms for a good time. It's going to be because of this offense. And their running back does a pretty nice job, but they're not good at running the ball. This is still Tom Allen. He wants to throw the ball. That's what he wants to do. That's what they've done at Indiana. That's what they're going to try to do Saturday. So hopefully you get a backup quarterback. I know the guy's got starter experience, but uh, I, I keep one. Patrick Ramsey, is that his name? Or is it Peyton Ramsey? Maybe it is Patrick Ramsey. It starts with P. I, I, I said Peyton I think Ramsey. Pey- I thought it was Peyton. I think it's it was Peyton, Peyton Ramsey. It's Peyton Ramsey. Okay. Yeah, I said okay. Peyton Patrick earlier, Ramsey but... was a, yeah, Pey- Patrick was a uh, NFL quarterback. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, but I mean, so he's got game experience, but you're kind of hoping you get a backup quarterback. You know, he's got some experience, and maybe our defense shows up. Because, um, yeah, right now, I'm going to be honest, guys, I, I, I'm I, not confident that our offense is going to be able to outscore them if it gets to that type of game. Tyler, isn't this a must-win game for Nebraska, though? It's 100% a must-win. I, I think that if we don't beat Indiana – it is the path to a bowl gets really tricky. I think what this team can't do, and we saw this under the Mike Riley era, when the negativity gets so much, a loss after a bye week at home to an Indiana squad, man, I, I worry about that locker room. I worry about what Frost is going to do with all that noise from the outside. That th- th- this th- there there's a boulder there, there coming down a cliff right now, and. There's a little bit of moss on this thing slowing it down, but man, 
It's going to get clean, and it's going to go fast if we lose on Saturday. Derek, is this a must-win game? Oh, absolutely it is. Uh, the, the season hinges on this. I, we, Tyler, you're right. If we don't win this game, a bowl, a bowl may not happen. And I, I think a bowl game is bare minimum. I think Frost, Scott Frost needs to make a bowl game this year. And it starts with beating Indiana, and you had a you had a week off to prepare for them while they were in a dogfight against against Maryland. There's no reason you shouldn't have been able to prepare well enough for these guys and and put a foot in all these players' asses for playing the way they did against Minnesota. So, Derek, what does Nebraska need to do to win this game? What Nebraska needs to do is instead of moving from the tw- in between the twenties when they get in the red zone, they need to capitalize and start scoring on those drives. And this is a good team to start doing that on because Indiana is 121st in the nation in red zone defense. I, I, so this is a team you can score once you get in the red zone. So when you get in the red zone, you need to take advantage of it and not let these stupid penalties and sacks take you out of range of doing anything. Tyler, what do you think Nebraska needs to do to win this game? Yeah, I mean that—that's a really good thing. You know, Indiana is tenth in the country in time of possession, and and they've done this because not only have they been pretty good at offense, but but they are excellent on third down. Nebraska has got to find a way to get off the field and give this offense more opportunities. They they have to because. This is not the offense that we all thought we'd see under Scott Frost where, man, we could lose the time of possession battle because it don't matter because we're going to score quickly because we we know we're going to go three and out. We know we're going to have whiffs. Um, We need to give this offense a few more series than they may have gotten to give them a chance to put up some points um, because we we aren't going to score just based off of talent alone right now. So I think it comes down to us getting the ball back, giving our offense a few more opportunities. But again, we're going to be wearing those alternate uniforms. I I think this defense could show up. Um, I I am not intimidated by that offense. I think statistically they're a little over, they're overplayed because of those weak ass defenses they've played. But um, we'll find out. Well, you know what once. One stat that Indiana is very impressive on on offense is they lead the Big Ten in sacks allowed. They don't get sacked. So Nebraska needs to find a way defensively to get pressure and get a few sacks in this game and really shake them up a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point there, Derek. What else worries you about that this Illinois team that makes you think that you know we couldn't win this game? You mean Indiana? Indiana. Uh, who did I say? Illinois. God, I wish we were playing Illinois this week. <laughs> Why? They just beat Wisconsin. Jeez, I don't know if we can beat them again. Yeah, they're due for a letdown now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, if you're looking at the stats matchup, look, there's a lot of things to worry about this team that makes it tough to really believe Nebraska can score or uh, beat this team. Uh, statistically, they own us, except for in rush offense and a few of the you know, punt returns and punting, a few of the small ones that, sure, they can come into play, but not ones that you would normally consider big statistics. Uh, Tyler, you talked about uh, defense. One thing we do have on them is we do have a slight advantage in tackles for loss. So can, can we win that 
that bout. I, I, I don't know. And right now, with Maurice Washington out, that scares me on what this offense can do. Tyler, what worries you about this Indiana team that they could upset Nebraska? Well, I mean, I think, well, frankly, everything. I mean, I, I to pick one thing in this category <laughs> is tough to do. Uh, again, I, I think what scares me about this is that I am not confident that we're going to be able to move the ball. Uh, I'm just, I'm not confident we're going to be able to outscore them. And when you have a team that is scoring on average 30 points a game, and I don't think we can get to 30 points. And they, you know, the last two games they've scored 30 points, or three games they've scored 30 points. I mean, I mean, you start adding all this stuff up, and you're like, yeah. I mean, our defense has got to come through. I, I keep going back to that. I mean, if they hit 30, they win. I, I think that's how it plays. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's it is our lack of offensive production that's scares me in this game and it's more on nebraska than indiana truthfully i mean i know indiana they got a pretty good defense you know putting up decent numbers and we just again we we struggle against top 40 top 50 defenses statistically we we just have this year for whatever reason so ah that's terrible but uh we're going to talk about how we envision the game panning out when we give our score predictions here in a bit but let's move on to games of the week uh these games are picked straight up tyler give us the updated standings yeah let me grab my handy dandy notebook but uh i, I don't think i really need this because it is a three-way tie for first we are all 37 and 10 right now really? so derek derek is making quite the comeback over there so how did we do last week um well, we, me and you went four and one, and Derek went five and zero. Oh. God, Derek, do those numbers check out? Of course, you would lie. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Well, let's get into it this week. Uh, the first game of the week: number thirteen, Wisconsin, at number three, Ohio State. Ohio State's fourteen and a half point favorites. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I, I got Ohio State in this. I, I, if we are going to do an Ohio State game for the rest of the year, I think I'm picking Ohio State. Unless something happens, I I do think Wisconsin is a much better team than they showed against uh, Illinois, and I think they will play a competitive game. I think they're going to kind of decrease that scoring margin that Derek said, but I I got with Ohio State in this game. Derek, Ohio State all the way. I I don't think Wisconsin's got the offense to keep up with with uh, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's just too good. I, I don't think there's anybody in the Big Ten's going to beat them. I think the only team that has any legit shot is Penn State, but I don't think they even can beat them. Let me ask you guys something. If Wisconsin, if they had put on the show against Illinois last week, where they shut them down like you know Michigan State or you know some of the other big old shutdowns that they've had this year, is there any chance in hell that you would have picked Wisconsin in this game? No? I no. wouldn't. Okay. Ohio State just looks that good, I think. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was curious. Uh, I have Ohio State as well. I mean, I they might even cover. Uh, game number two, number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. LSU's 11.5-point favorites, Tyler. LSU is my the team that I think is the second-best team in the country behind Ohio State. 
I think that in November 9th, they have Alabama in town. Um, you know, we don't know where Tua's at. I think they beat Alabama, or they, I think they're going to beat Alabama. I certainly think they're going to beat Auburn this weekend. I like LSU, and I even like LSU to cover this game. Derek? Uh, I, I agree. I, I don't know about covering, but I do think they'll pull out the win. Uh, it's crazy to me that LSU is the offensive juggernaut that they've become this year with Joe Burrows. Joe Burrows and I, you know, they're averaging 50 points a game, and I just don't think Auburn's got – they have a great defense. And, Tyler, I, I disagree with you. I think this is probably a closer game than what you do. But I just think that LSU will edge them out defensive with that with Joe Burrows and that offense. You guys remember during the offseason we talked about whether or not we should go after Joe Burrows? Remember we had that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. All right, I got LSU. That was, that was last year. That was before this year. Was, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because he sat out last year. Yeah, that was right. like a good transfer should. <laughs> hey, yeah, I got LSU as well. Uh, here's a crazy game right here. Number 15, Texas at TCU. Texas is now two point favorites. Tyler, man, I'll tell you, both of these teams have not been impressive to me. TCU has definitely struggled over the last couple weeks, but so has Texas. I mean, I mean, they barely beat Kansas. I'm sure Justin will rip into that. I, I'm going to go with TCU for the upset this week. I like TCU in this matchup. Nice. Derek? You know, I, I know I kind of text you guys over the weekend mocking Texas with uh, struggling against Kansas. But I'm going to chalk a little bit of that up to that after the coming off the loss to Oklahoma. And I think that they were a little hungover and a little hurt from for playing Kansas. I think they bounced back this week, and I think they beat TCU, who's oh, who's already on a two game losing streak. And I just don't, I, I don't think TCU's as good as I, all of us had hoped they would be at the beginning of the year. Can I bag on Texas just for a little bit here? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so it's a Husker podcast, we can bag on Texas anytime. Oh, awesome! Because you know they did not drop in the rankings whatsoever in either poll. They remained at fifteen. After, you know, this pitiful performance where Kansas could have upset you. You needed a last-second field goal to beat them. And you don't drop in the rankings. I mean, there's Power 5 undefeated teams that are behind Texas in both polls that are undefeated. I mean, come on. What What is this bias? I mean, the, the bias for Texas is crazy. Which power five teams are behind Texas that are undefeated? Isn't Minnesota behind Texas? Minnesota. Okay, okay, that's right. Yeah. I, I I didn't think about Minnesota. I oh yeah, I know. Totally, I, it's, I've it's, totally blocked. I've blocked PJ Fleck out so bad that I can't even remember that team anymore. Well, most people don't realize Minnesota's a power five team. So I mean, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I mean, they they shouldn't be. Uh, God, we're talking shit about them, but they own us. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Health, Texas. Uh, number eight, Notre Dame, Matt. Number 19, Michigan. This game is uh, opened up at Michigan minus one, but I look tonight, it's it's a pick on my bookie. Tyler? I mean, I think that's probably about accurate. I think this is a tight game. Um, guys, I, I'm not buying Michigan stock right now. I'm going to go Notre Dame, but, the, man, this is this – is, this was the toughest game for me to pick this weekend because it, is is, it is in Ann Arbor. Um you know, I I don't I'm not completely buying the Notre Dame. I think they're a little overrated, but 
I do think they're good enough to beat uh, Michigan on Saturday. Eric? I don't know. This was a, this was a tough game. Uh, I think Notre Dame struggled against USC last week a little bit. Uh, I think they're coming off of that emotional win. I think this is a must-win game for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. And playing in a big house in a primetime game, I'm going to give the edge to Michigan on this one just slightly. I'm going with Notre Dame because I have not been impressed with Michigan all year long. I Whatever, you know, my little uh, undefeated Big Ten champion there of Michigan, God, they look terrible. But uh, Notre Dame. All right, final game, Illinois at Purdue. Purdue's eight-point favorites here, Tyler. I got Purdue. Um, I, I know everyone's a little high on Illinois. They pulled the upset. It was great. Man, I, I still think Purdue is a better team. And, you know, I think they've been playing pretty decent football over the last few weeks. They've been competitive in defeat. They look dominant against Maryland. They were much better against Maryland than Indiana was. So I, I think Purdue, with this backup quarterback, they're getting a little bit of momentum right now. And I, I like Purdue in the game. Yeah. I completely disagree. I think Illinois is the better team. However, I think Illinois is going to come in hungover, and I think Purdue will pull out a small win. Smallest of margins. I like Purdue in this game as well. I I agree with you. It's going to be a little bit of a – well, not a little bit. It's going to be a big hangover after pulling the upset of a lifetime there for uh, Lovey Smith. But, hey, Lovey Smith saved his job though, right? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So he, he he might be there for another five years with that win. Hey, so we get more of the white beard there in the Big Ten, so <laughs> good for him. Yeah, so mark me down for Purdue, Tyler. Let's get to best bets. Uh, all these picks are picked up against the spread. Uh, this is our chance to win you some money. Updated standings, Tyler. Well, Derek, you're in first. You're four, three, and one. I'm in second, three, and five. And Justin did the impossible. He got one right. I, am. I, I had to go back and listen again because he covered by half a point. But a cover is a cover is a cover. So, Justin, you are now one in seven. Yes, so I you want to you, you you got the hot hand. You want to lead us off? One in a row. Damn right I do, man. I tell you what, uh, this is the game that I like the most. I got to say, I, let me preface this by saying, Looking at the lines this week, this is probably the most difficult chant or difficult set of lines that I've evaluated on a Tuesday night. And I tell you what, you know, this is a really hard thing to do to pick winners this far in advance against the spread. So this this is very challenging. I'm just trying to make up for my one and seven record here a little bit. But uh this week here I'm taking USC minus 13 and a half at Colorado. Colorado's in a slump. They're, they've been getting killed the last two games. USC, they've played better competition. They're looking pretty good doing it. Uh, they, sure, they go on the road to Colorado, but God dang, Colorado, they are not a good team. You know, they're collapsing in the second half of the year, just like they did last year. And I think USC comes in and they cover by two touchdowns. Tyler. I'm going to go with Memphis minus 10.5 against Tulsa. Um, yeah, Tulsa's 2-5 and five right now. I think they're a little hyped up on some people's minds because they played SMU tough, but the only reason that happened is because Justin bet SMU. And if that didn't happen, I'm sure SMU would have blown them out. Naturally. Um, I, I think Memphis has an offense to put up enough points. 
I, I do, and they just showed against Tulane last week, scoring to 47 points. I, I like uh, Memphis to cover this week. Derek, what's your best bet of the week? All right. Jalen Hurts, the only guy who's going to really truly compete with Joe Burrows for the Heisman is playing Kansas State, who has not been real impressive this year. And they're 23 and a half point favorites. I think Oklahoma covers. I think Jalen Hurts has probably four or five touchdowns himself in this game. All right. I like that pick a little bit. I hope I don't jinx you. I won't bet it so you win. Uh, all right. Score prediction time. Indiana, Indiana at Nebraska. Indiana opens up at minus uh, at, as two-point favorites. Right now, uh, there's some books that have Nebraska as a one-point favorite here. Uh, Tyler, how do you envision this game playing out, and what's your score prediction? What I am picturing is the Northwestern game with a little bit more offense. I think it's going to be close. It's not going to be an offensive explosion. um, But but just like Northwestern, I think Nebraska ekes out a victory in a must-win game. We've got to get this. We've had two weeks. I like Nebraska 24 to 21. Nice. Derek. You son of a bitch. That was my pick. I swear to God, I have 24 21 Nebraska. I, I, I think Nebraska has to win this game. I think Scott Frost knows that. I think these coaches know it. I, I think we're going to struggle. I, I think they're going to, at times, we're going to look like garbage in this game like we have. But I still think we're a little bit better than Indiana at the end of the day. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you with the the scores uh, in this game. Look, Nebraska, they need a win here. I worry about their offensive production here, so I got to give it to Indiana here. 27-24, Indiana. It's I just don't think the Huskers are going to pull it off, guys. So, ugh. Let's get out of here. All right. It's time for last call. Last call to you, Tyler. You know, we talked about the Michigan game just a few minutes ago, but there have been a couple articles today that have leaked that's talked about Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL. You know, Jim Harbaugh is kind of the Scott Frost of Michigan. He's definitely underperformed there. And, you know, if if we, we you know, me and Justin are right, he, he's going to lose again. I mean, he might be looking at a four-loss season this year. Man, that, that that would be a kick in the nuts to that Michigan program. So what do you guys think? Do you think Harbaugh really would go to the NFL? And how screwed is Michigan if that happens? Probably not screwed at all because they're probably going to fire him if he loses to Notre Dame anyway. I, I can see him going back to the NFL. I don't know where, what team or anything. But I, I like Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten. I, I really do. I think he... I think he adds a little bit of personality to the Big Ten. Uh, but I don't like him. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's the fall classic, boys. We got the, the the World Series going on right now. Right now, as we speak, in fact. And uh, the Astros are dr- dramatically uh, the favorites to win the World Series. And already in game one, they're down five to three against the Nationals. And I, I got to tell you, I'm rooting for the Nationals. I've never been there, not even as the Expos when they were back in Montreal. So I, I, I'm rooting for them. I'd like to see the Nationals beat up on the Astros. And anytime I see a Texas team lose, it always helps a little. So 
Yeah, this is going to be a World Series that I probably won't tune in for. I'll check highlights, maybe scoreboard a little bit. Tyler? I'm with you, Justin. I, I don't plan on watching this. If we weren't doing the podcast tonight, I would have been watching the Lakers and Clippers. So, yeah. Same um, here. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, I'm with you, Derek. I'm rooting for the Nationals. They whooped my cards. I, I want to add a little bit more credibility to that ass kicking. So uh, I'm hoping the Nationals embarrass the Astros. Uh, the Nationals embarrass the Astros worse. So. All right, last call to me, and my last call is going to go out to Ruggers or Liberty. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to pan out here, but Liberty is seven and a half point favorites over Ruggers. What the hell is going on here, guys? I mean, Ruggers is a shit show. Why are they in the Big Ten? I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, they'd probably probably saying the same thing about Nebraska. But come on, why is Ruggers in? Oh, no. Why is Ruggers in Big Ten? I mean, what do they add in anything? Uh, they're seven and a half point favor or underdogs to Liberty, and Liberty will probably cover. I mean, I would make that my best bet, but I don't want to jinx it. I mean, <laughs> Tyler, what do you think? It's one thing to be a pick 'em with Liberty. It's one thing to be. Yeah, you know, slight favorite, but to be a touchdown underdog, like seven and a half I, I, I points, it, man, it's more. I mean, you you talk about Rutgers shouldn't be in the Big Ten, man. Should Rutgers be in like Division One football? Like, I mean, this should be like European soccer. You need to boot their asses out of Division One, put them down to the Champions League or whatever the minor leagues for soccer is. I don't really understand that but whatever <laughs> however that shit works i like man it. I, I like where you're going but kick their asses out and let's bring liberty to the big 10 there you go hey hugh freeze man hugh freeze he, he pays pretty good money for athletes derek great joke tyler i'm glad you didn't know where you were going with that <laughs> it, it, it was a nice build not a great punchline <laughs> you, you know, I, I i don't know i honestly almost thought about taking Rutgers for my best bet because surely, surely, they cannot lose by more than a touchdown to Liberty, right? No, no. And then I saw that they only score 11 points a game, and I'm like, yeah, I ain't wasting my money on Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, great show. Uh, let's hope the Huskers pull out a win here. Uh, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week as we recap the Indiana game. And as always, go Big Red.